I hope y'all are. This episode, look, this episode is about Frederick Douglass Pollard, the first black head coach in the NFL. That's all I'm, I got. Let me let y'all know something. This is what happened, right? We did the show, and I didn't record the show. So there's no different segment. This is it. This is one shot, one deal type joint. One take, hove. This is one of them moments. And this is just dope, because here's the wild, crazy part. I thought I knew who the first black head coach was, or at least I had an idea it would be somebody in the 80s, maybe the late 70s, 80s, for sure. 1920. 1920, not the 1980s, 1920. I was off completely, and it blew my mind. And it's just one of those joints right there. I, I was totally lost on that. But this is that show. This is how we're going to get down. Y'all know what we do. There ain't nothing new to it. We talk about a lot of other stuff before we get into it. And like I said, there's no skipping to another segment of the show or whatever from a, from the from the actual mix show live at the oasis you can catch that on legal crime radio google legal crime radio and you'll it'll pop up you can go to the schedule and see when it get down how it get down you know what i'm saying but this is it dry take i think i've done this before like maybe once or twice so yeah this is this is dope before i get any further while we're on the topic of sports am i missing something when it comes to espn like does es like here's my thing before i even say it like i want to say it I keep telling y'all, to me, the major difference between David Stern and Adam Silver is the respect for the legacy of the NBA. Adam Silver seems to be straight paper man. You know what I'm saying? He's the guy who's trying to figure out how to generate the money, generate the ratings to get more money. And I'm not saying David Stern isn't that guy. What I'm saying is... David Stern was also about the legacy of the NBA. Like I said, if you grew up how I grew up, we grew up knowing everything. We grew up respecting what Bob Cousy did. We thought it was funny. We laughed at it, but we also knew. Bob Cousy gives you Pistol Pete. Pistol Pete gives you Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson gives you, you know what I'm saying? Like we knew the, 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 the way it went down, the centers, the Bill Russell's. Will Chamberlain, Kareem joints, you know what I'm saying, the Bill Walton joints that get you the Akeem and the Ewing and the Robinson and the Shaq, you know what I'm saying, we, we understood the the way that the lane went down. All of a sudden now it just seems like the past is the joke, like anything that is history of the NBA is a complete joke and I feel like the people who are driving that bus is ESPN. Like, there was a thing, I don't know if it was SportsCenter's page or ESPN's page, but it was an ESPN thing that literally was questioning the credibility of the 100-point game by Will Chamberlain. Now, and here's the wild part. Again, growing up, we've all joked on it. We thought it was fascinating. Then when you would see the footage of how dominant Will Chamberlain was, you're like, yo... When you would hear players who played with Wilt Chamberlain tell you how dominant Wilt Chamberlain was, you're like, yo. And, and, and you just go with it. Now, I understand the Napoleon complex of it all, which is history is an agreed-upon lie. You know what I'm saying? It's a lie that we all agreed upon. That's what history is. A hundred-point game, first of all, to be the team that, that supposedly had happened to, if that's how you say it, supposedly, you hear people say something. They'd be quick to tell you because that's one thing also with David Stern. As time would go on, somebody would go, oh, no, no, it didn't happen like that. This is what happened. Boom, boom, boom. Nah, I mean, yeah, you, the, the folklore made it grander than it was. This is what really happened. People have already put stuff like that in, in context. This was that. And you know me, I'm a comment, comment reader type dude. So I'm reading comments and I see somebody say, hold on, we can see footage of Babe Ruth. But there's no footage of this. That makes sense. The other part of that, the contra- the contrast to that is the NBA was never popular. 
The NBA didn't get popular until Magic and Bird, with the assistance of Dr. J, then the emergence of Michael Jordan. That's really it. Like, if you put the NBA in a, in a timeline, the folklore, the mythology of Wilt, the actuality of Bill Russell, the stories of what Kareem was doing, what, what um, Oscar was doing, what Jerry West was doing, what Elgin Baylor was doing, that's there. Then it comes down to, oh snap, it really gets popular and everything when Magic and Bird run the 80s. Dr. J comes from the ABA and the myth, mythos that he brings, now you get to actually see that play out in reality. The NBA blows up, then the emergence of this young dude from North Carolina born in Brooklyn comes and just takes over the game. That's the NBA. It's really like, uh, we heard about all of this, but we saw this as far as pop culture is concerned. You know what I'm saying? Spike Lee could tell you everything about the Knicks from Spike Lee's childhood all day. Spike Lee will tell you, tell you everything about that like that. There's people in who can remember the Boston Gardens and all those games. They'll, they'll, that's that. But as far as pop culture is going, where we can all go, then we went outside the next day, or you know what I'm saying, we went outside later on and talked about the crazy fact that Reggie Miller shot the three, stole the ball, stepped back, and shot another three. This all happens in like three seconds or something. Yeah, we all know that. Kevin, Kevin Johnson comes off of a curl, takes the ball, and he dunks over, over Akeem Olajuwon. We all remember that. We saw that. Jordan takes the ball, shoots the shot over Craig Elo. We all remember that. Magic jo Johnson with the hook against the Celtics. We remember that. Larry Bird still in the ball against the Pistons. We that's that's in our head. Doc doing the doing around the joint up under the under the under the backboard. Plop plop. We remember that. It wasn't big back then. The NBA wasn't that thing back then. So when you see people try to somehow in their mind rationalize and go, ah, they were just selling us some, some, some they only land they were selling us dirt and telling us it was all it was it was grain wheat. Nah, NBA wasn't popping back then. It was all about baseball. Football didn't get popular until the two comp until the two organizations definitely merged as one for the NFL. It really didn't get pop until the Broadway Joe. You know what I'm saying? That's that's the NFL. Again, NBA doesn't get popping until the 80s. Everything is blossoming in the 90s. Hockey, tennis, golf. You know what I'm saying? And guess who was at the guess who was driving that bus? ESPN cuz that was the home. That was the headquarters. That was the united spot that we would all congregate to to know about sports before they started dictating on what they figure is more precious than the other one to talk about. We all knew all the athletes because we all watched Sports Center with Stuart Scott and Trey Wingo and all of these dudes doing it, catchphrases and boom, boom, boom. All of that's dead. Now it's all about, they, they will talk about the NBA and the NFL all year long and you're just like, so are there no other sports? Like, I don't even know anybody who watches Sports Center. You just watch the talk head shows. That's it. Sports Center isn't even the, the flagship joint anymore. That's where we are right now. The 90s had everything blowing up. Baseball fell back with the scandals, with the with the um steroid scandal, and never recovered for real. You can't like back in the days in the 90s, you could literally name 20 baseball players that were stars. You can't do that today. You ask the average the average person back in the 90s could tell you 20 names off top. 20 names. Boom. They can't do that right now. You might be lucky to get five. Back in the day, hockey. You could come up with 20 names for hockey and not even really be a hockey fan, but these are the names that you, while you're watching sports, da -da 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 -da. you saw them, you've seen the teams, you boom, boom, boom. Snoop had us out here rocking the jerseys. We was out here copping the jerseys. All of that, gone now. We knew who was, who was playing golf. Being black, you ain't care about golf until Tiger Woods, but now watching Tiger Woods go against these other people, you respected who, you know what I'm saying? You respected Palmer. 
You respected all of these guys. You respected Nicholson. You respected that. You was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I got, I see it. Okay, okay, these dudes was official. All right. You know what I'm saying? I, I get it now. Tennis. We we knew people in tennis. Sports in the ESPN and the era made Lance Armstrong a household name. Remember being able to turn on your TV and be like, oh, snap, these dudes is literally just riding bikes with the Tour de France joint. And you would just be like, okay, I'm going to watch some other. I'm not watching these dudes just ride a bike for hours. I'll watch some other stuff and come back. Oh, these dudes are still riding. What? <sighs> Go away. Come back and it's now like the last leg. You're like, I guess I'll see who wins. But we knew these people. Who's doing the Tour de France now? Who's that guy now? We don't know. That once they figured out they could control the narrative, they did so. And that's what this is. This is a controlling the narrative. Let's poo-poo on basketball from back in the day. They also showed a thing where they would, in their own little way, joking and mocking the 1969 All-Star game, I think it was. This is on social media. I mean, you probably could pull it up. And again, when you read the comments, apparently... Everybody has a doc from Back to the Future in their neighborhood that's going, to, that's going to help them, first of all, go catch up with LeBron and Steph Curry and KD and, and all of these people and then drop them in the late 60s and early 70s to watch them play ball and dominate. The common sense with these comments where you say, oh, man, they ain't no way. Look, LeBron would kill it out there. LeBron would crush these dudes. Steph Curry would run circles on all of these dudes. Them dudes ain't ready for what's going on right now. I don't know, man. Common sense, man. No common sense in your comments. No grasp of reality. If LeBron was playing in 1969, he'd be playing like them dudes. Steph Curry would be playing like them dudes because that was the way you played in that era. What are you talking about? Like, you'd play the same way. The game is not going to... That was where the ABA was. That's what made the ABA fun. The ABA was free-flowing. Just couldn't keep the money. Couldn't keep up. So it went down. And then those guys, those that could go and wanted to go, shifted towards the NBA. The teams that the NBA felt was, uh, okay, that's a little valuable. We'll take that. We, we got these. It's not this thing where you're like, these dudes are, are trash. That's the time of the, that's the era of the game. How do we lose the concept of that? But anyway, like I said, to me, ESPN is the problem on a lot of this stuff. They're really driving home this weird narrative that like today is the thing. And here's the wild part. And it's already been happening where there's a younger group of people that aren't thinking anything about LeBron. They're onto these new dudes. You know what I'm saying? They're out here like, yo, John Moran. Like, Curry isn't even on that thing. They're all about the Joker. They're all about Luka. They're all about John Moran. They're all about Embiid. They're not thinking about neither one of them dudes. Giannis. That's where their mind's at. And, you know what I'm saying? They're already making those debates. Like, yo, man, them championships don't mean nothing. And then and they're, and they're breaking down their stats and making it look like, oh, little man got half an argument if you wanted to argue like you was a 15 year old but yeah i mean i guess i see what you're saying if you wanted to argue like you were a 20 year old sure that sounds good and at some point there's going to be a point where espn is going to shift and they're going to go oh maybe steph curry ain't as good as we thought it's gonna happen it's gonna happen if it happened to michael jordan kobe bryant magic johnson larry bird Dr. J, Kareem, Wilt, Bill Russell. You know, give it a couple more, give it 10 to 15 more years, it's going to happen to the rest of these people who are playing now. And I don't know if Adam Silver is going to be around, and I don't know who the guy who comes behind Adam Silver is going to continue to allow this slander, but that's what it is. Moving on to something different. Here's, here's the thing. That I, that I found crazy. To all my hip-hop heads. Everybody, this is this is a hip-hop thing right here. This is an actual music thing. To all the hip-hop heads, you might want to start clarifying 
what it is that you do. Where it is that you stand on this hip hop thing. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the, that was the thing during the late 90s and the 2000s. Like if you were just about this trap music, you went, yeah, man, we review trap music. We only play trap music. It's all about trap music. So you weren't going to expect to hear Torrey or Sky Zoo or Master Ace in a trap music setting. Somebody goes, hey, I'm all about this West Coast. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to expect to hear um, Outkast. You're not going to hear the roots on some people who are like, yeah, all we kind of do is spe- we specialize in this West Coast vibe. Boom. We only do down South music. Again, you're not going to hear Common. Not gonna hear Quali. You know what I'm saying? You're not gonna hear Snoop for the most part. You're not gonna hear Eminem. That was the thing. If that was your vibe, so then when something like Killer Mike gets a Grammy, you go, huh, I never checked for him because that's not what I listen to. That's how you do that. What's happening now is you have a bunch of people going, who is Killer Mike? But they're supposed to be yeah, your 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 ear to the streets for hip hop. You know what I'm saying? These are supposed to be the people that you, 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 you know what I'm saying? You check out, you listen to, you read, you feel, get their opinion, you get their feel on what is and what isn't dope in the aspect of hip hop music. How did you not know about this album? Then what you get people saying is, well, you know what I'm saying? Old head. But you were going to talk about the Grammys. That means you saw the nominees and instead of going, well, I know I listened to these three. I didn't check out these two. Let me go check these joints out. And then you peep it. And then you go, oh, that's what it is. Eh, it's all right. And I'm pretty sure they didn't check for the Nas album either. So if Nas had one, it would have been like, man, who voted for Nas? They would have known Nas. They didn't know. That, I think that's the thing. They don't know Killer Mike. And I've seen a couple of these young brothers go out here and do their Wikipedia work. And they go, oh, yeah, man, he down with um Outkast. Yeah, man, he was doing... They didn't mention nothing about Run The Jewels. So they just stopped at Outkast and was like, Outkast is more popular than Run The Jewels and y'all wouldn't know who that is either. So I'm going to stick with Outkast. Killer Mike has been consistent. This album, Michael, when it first dropped, hip hop heads. And I'm not talking about you guys who, who have your, your, your divide, your, your, um, your, your specifics, your specifications on, I only listen to this kind of music. Like, DJs were running around going, I might not be able to play a lot of this joint in a mix, but this is hot. This killer mic is hot. Dudes were telling you this Michael album should be my album of the year. People were telling you this is the this is that joint. This is that, this is going to be that thing. Don't play around. People were telling you that. Hip-hop dudes were telling you that. The problem is they had a little gray in their beard. So you were just ah, dismissed it. The joint was hot. The joint was official. And here's and here's the thing about it. Bar for bar, Nas album was better. Bar for bar. Like no lyrically, nobody else in that nomination was messing with Nas. I don't care who you think. It wasn't messing with Nas. Whole album vibe wise, Michael won. Michael was going to win. And here's the thing about when I said we're gonna talk about music. Black music has lost its soul. There's a place, there's, there's, there's filters, and I think that's everything is now about filters. There's a concept of the filter soul music. Look, if they, if they hit them runs like this, it makes you feel like it's soul music. If the music sounds like this, it makes you feel like it's soul music. Soul music is, is a different thing. Lena Horne said she credited Aretha Franklin for allowing her to be her because there's a way that they used to be taught to sing she said Aretha sang with feeling like you felt what the Aretha, what Aretha was saying and she was like that took me back I had to I had to I had to tear down what I was taught and become something else to you know what I'm saying like do this like to rearrange how music needs to be felt because we weren't taught to just be emotional in your music that's where we are right now we don't we have people who are imitating emotion there's no songs out here that make you feel a certain way 
hip-hop has no dead mama. You know what I'm saying? There's not a dead mama out there right now. There's not even a All I Got Is You by Ghostface right now. There's no, there's nothing that puts you to that joint. Nas dropped Daughters. There hasn't been another record like Daughters out here where people move that way. Dre from Outkast said, I don't rap because I don't know what there's to rap about. What am I supposed to rap about? The fact that I'm about to get a prostate exam, a colon exam. I'm about to go through this and this. And everybody's like, ah. But here's the thing. You rhyme about life. You rhyme about experiences. You rhyme about... That's what hip-hop has always been. Poetry of existence. Whether it was the party jams where they were... I'm trying to have a good time. Then the message showed you, oh... We could talk about anything under the sun and make it dope. And that's what happened. The message is, is the father to so much more. The message is the father to straight out of Compton. It takes a nation of millions. What KRS-One does. What Kumo D was doing before the industry stopped what he was doing. What Eminem was doing when he was talking about the stuff that he was talking about. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the joint with edited about his mom. The message was saying you can talk about real life stuff and get it popping. We lost the soul. You know what I'm saying? Like dudes don't talk about that no more. Females don't talk about that no more. You know what I'm saying? And it's not just hip hop. It's R&B. There's no more. Anthony Hamilton said he he was falling back on, on making any new music because he dropped the album that nobody copped. Anthony Hamilton, Bilal, John Legend. Music Soul Child, um, a few others, a lot others, um, Sonya Dawes, so many more, so so many chicks, so many dudes have soul music that nobody listens to, tanking the bangers, like there's so much soulful music out there, Jill Scott, all of a sudden it's like that's not what we want to rock to, you know what I'm saying, and, that, and that's no disrespect to, to um, Summer Walker That's no disrespect to a lot of these other chicks And dudes out here who make this kind of music Kevin Ross makes great soul music He's not going to get airplay on the radio For real for real Cause there's a point where it's like That's too soulful That's too real Like we've gotten to the point We don't want to be invested Like when's the last time You heard somebody actually make a song about Being in love You don't Hear songs about people breaking up, somebody cheated on somebody, they don't know why they're together, you know what I'm saying, or they just want to end up, you know what I'm saying, doing the do it, keeping it pushing. We're talking love, the aspect of love, the aspect of growing together. You know what I'm saying? Music Soul Child, I would love you anyway, even if your hair turned gray. We have nothing like that anymore. There's nothing like that anymore. You know what I'm saying? Let's stay together through the good and bad, happy and sad, come on. Al Green, there's nothing out here like that anymore. So when you hear something like Michael that's giving you a, a, a smidgen, a, a, a glimpse of soul, it throws you off. It's almost like we intimidated by soul. We don't like our singers to sing. You know what I'm saying? We don't want, we don't want no music that really feels soulful. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, when you hear something, them, them keys play a certain way, whether it's a sample or somebody actually playing it, your ears feel different. You, like, you, you there's just a different emotion to it. You, you know what I'm saying? When you feel, you, oh, ooh, what is that? That touched my soul. We don't have that music anymore. A lot of it is because dudes are just grabbing programmed beats and putting filters on it and and all that but I'm saying nobody is bringing that to the stage of music anymore so you get lost in that and the Grammys in itself people were mad about that people was out here clapping and, and championing what Jay-Z said here's something about that y'all need to understand about the Grammys Grammys have always been bougie the Grammys have always been a bougie joint. They, they, 1959 is when the Grammys started. Grammys were always bougie. They were, they were never supposed to be this cool outlet, this outlet of representation of cool. 
1970-something, Dick Clark goes, there's so much music that needs to really be recognized. The Grammys don't recognize all that. Look at all this dope music we have out here. Look at all this cool music, this hip music nobody's messing with because it's the Grammys. Put it out there. American Music Awards. By the 80s, by the by the mid eight, by the end of the 80s, going into the 90s, definitely the 90s, Soul Train went, oh, it's not enough black representation. They came up with their thing. MTV on the other side is going, they're missing out on so much good music that our audience likes. We'll come up with our own thing. Somewhere down the line, BET goes, Soul Train is just as bougie as the rest of them. We're going to hit y'all off for something. For real, for real. That's where we are. But it all starts with the Grammys were too bougie. That's really where that goes. The, the, they'll tell you with the quickness. We don't care about how you chart it. We don't care about how many spins you get. We don't care about how many times your video's been watched. We're doing it strictly off of is it good or not? Everybody's mad about Taylor Swift, but I think was it last year or the other year? There was a guy nobody ever heard of. One. Album of the year. Nobody could tell you anything about that album. But it wasn't album of the year. And then when you actually was like, well, let me go check this out. It wasn't a bad album. It was a great album. Was it better than the competition? Here's the wild part. You don't know. You don't know. And it's not because... You can't compare this because you've been brainwashed to go, if I've, if I've been fed this so many times this way and told that it's good, I'm going to assume it's good. Then I go and I get something else, same food, paired different. This is good too, but I, my body is telling me, go back to this. No, don't get it twisted. I like what you did. But I am so now used to having it presented to me and, and, and dished out this way, prepared this way, cooked this way. I'm a rock with this. Your joint's dope. I'm a rock with this, though, because I'm used to it. So the stuff that we get seen that makes the trending videos and the stuff that gets played all over the movies and the songs and everybody puts it in their trailers and boom, boom, bip. Then albums that nobody ever heard of come out and win and everybody's lost. It's just how it goes. The music industry is so vast that yeah a lot of times the most popular artists might not have the best album that's just way that's just how that is chris brown lost to robert um glasper chris brown was like who's the uh, robert glasper he made t-shirts i need a t-shirt i need to figure out how to get me a t-shirt i listened to that chris brown album i went back and i listened to that robert glasper album i can tell you now chris brown ain't got nothing on that album that's going to mess with anything on that Robert Glasper album. That Robert Glasper album is, forget slightly better, we're talking um, LeBron James, good, great, versus the dude at the under the bench on the last place team in the NBA. That's how, that's how much of a difference Robert Glasper album is versus what Chris Brown had. That's, you know what I'm saying? And that's, here's the wild part. That's subjective. That's how I see it. But I also know if I if I played it to somebody who didn't know either one of these artists, and you can find people like that. There are people who like, I know who Chris Brown is. I know what he looks like. I've never listened to his music. There are people who have never listened to a Beyonce song unless it's been played in a store or something or thrown in a movie. You play that, you play that album cut, they're gonna be like, ah. And that's how you get your honest, that's the thing. That's how you get your honest opinion from people who don't know. You know what I'm saying? We've all sat around and, and played some music around our parents growing up. And our parents would gravitate to some stuff and be like, what are you listening to to other stuff? Uh, I mean, it's not bad, but, you know, even if it was something that you were like, oh, I rock with this and my mom is tripping. And then it's like, oh, but she likes this. And you're like, eh, guess what? It's subjective. And that's the thing. Has no idea who's who's who, but go, I like that though. Man, this is trash, but I like that. That's what that is. That's what the Grammys are. The Grammys don't care about none of them charts. You know what I'm saying? They're just like, yo, is it good or not? Yeah, the argument becomes, are, are the Grammys saying Taylor Swift is that dope? 
gonna give you two things. I'm gonna say two things and then I'm gonna move on. The first thing is, don't know when we start really putting our career accolades on top of a Grammy. Like the grand, Grammy has to be the cherry on top. We hated the Grammys. We didn't ride with the Grammys. You know what I'm saying, Chuck? Then I'm like, who gives a damn about a, who gives a, who cares about a damn Grammy? You know what I'm saying? Who cares about that? That was the vibe, right? We didn't care. Rock him, Chuck D, Scarface, last year to celebrate the 50th anniversary of hip hop. That's the first time those guys have ever touched the Grammy stage. KRS once said he wasn't going to be part of that because of what his mindset was on it. But to stop and think, those are greats in the culture of music, of hip hop music. Those are icons. Scarface is an icon. Chuck D, Public Enemy, Flavor Flav, iconic. Rakim, the God MC. I don't care who, who your top MCs are in any list. They are a product of Rakim. Rakim is that. First time on a Grammy stage. Don't have a Grammy. His importance to the culture, his importance to music can't be taken away. Bob Marley, no album of the year. Who's going to tell you that Bob Marley isn't important? Diana Ross, no album of the year. Who's going to tell you her importance is something you can dismiss? You know what I'm saying? Like everybody's out here trying to go, are they saying Taylor Swift's better than all of No, 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 no. When did we start holding that as the measuring bar? Because there's so many, so many iconic artists that have no Grammys. And nobody's... Jimi Hendrix, I don't think, has one, right? I could be wrong, but I don't think Jimi Hendrix has one. There are artists who don't have one, and we're not. And we, and you're not going to turn your back and go, uh... They ain't got no Grammy. Your body of work can't be quantified by such limited statures as a Grammy or any award. It's the people. I don't think Frankie Beverly and Mays have a Grammy. Album of the year. Right? I don't think so. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming not. And yet at every barbecue, every summer, when you go to your family, your people's joint, Frankie Beverly and May's joint is jumping. It's going to jump. It's going to crack up. It's going to be that. It's going to be there. I don't think, I don't know if Otis Redding has one. I don't think Sam Cooke has one. I don't know if Bobby Womack has one. And I'm just, right now, I'm just, I'm, I'm just blasting off black artists. Because, you know what I'm saying, this is somehow turned into a black-white thing. It's Taylor Swift. One thing y'all have to have to understand, and this is my second part. This is the year of Taylor Swift. Every time the Chiefs played CBS, most of the Chiefs games were on CBS because CBS does more AFC games. So if she was there, anything happens, camera cuts to Taylor Swift. This will be the Taylor Swift Super Bowl. This is the Taylor Swift. This is the Swift Bowl. This is the Swifty Bowl. This is all about Taylor Swift. Every time the Kansas City Chiefs do anything remotely good, they're going to cut to Taylor Swift somewhere. That's just what's going to happen. And here's the wild part. I'm a hater. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a car-carrying hater for a lot of things. And I always tell people why I hate. And I know my reason why I hate is the same reason other people hate. There are a group of people who hate Taylor Swift who have never heard her music don't really know her know anything about her other than the fact that if the Chiefs are playing the camera's gonna cut to her all game and that's where the hate comes from the hate comes from not so much at her personally but the fact that the NFL is going CBS is going let's keep cutting to her and it's almost like man why don't you just go home so we can watch a good game you know just stay home and so we can watch the game this is like it gets annoying by the process of elimination of your frustration, you now skip over CBS and NFL and you just target her. It's her fault. So now you hate her. Now, I, I'm, in, I'm in that boat. 
At least I was. Because then I heard, shout out to my man, Bad Boy G, and Lisa Lisa, who um have a show on Legal Crime Radio. And they were talking, and they said, word has it that Taylor Swift is like, hey, since the Chiefs made it to the Super Bowl, Usher should let me perform a little bit. Now I have to redirect the way I hate. Now I'm actually hating her. How dare you ask to cut into this man's time because your man is now in the Super Bowl. This ain't about you. This is his moment. How dare you go? Let me let me step in and 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 rock rock a little bit of your moment. And here's the wild part. Something tells me CBS is probably asking him to let that happen. Something's telling me the NFL is probably asking. Can you, uh, uh, can you, you know what I'm saying? Let it, let it rock. Can Usher just a couple minutes? You know what I mean? Find some way to slide in on it. Hopefully, Usher, if Usher is being asked to do this, he say no. I think Jay Z is the person that's supposed to be over top of all that. Hopefully, Jay Z goes, Usher, put your foot down and say no. But one thing's for sure: this is Taylor Swift's year. 2023 to 2024, this whole football season to this award season, this is her year. And the fact that the Grammys are on CBS, it's not a, no, let's keep it real. It's not a coincidence that she won album of the year. It's not going to be a coincidence. It's not going to be a hard fought. It's all about how great the Chiefs are when they win. And then they're going to bring everybody down and they're going to do the ceremony. And guess who's going to get to speak? Taylor Swift. Guess who's going to be getting, guess who is going to get asked questions? Taylor Swift. Tom Brady was married to a model. Did we ever hear her talk? Ever? I mean, I don't know. I'm one of those people like once the game's over, especially when it, when I'm like, ah, the Patriots again, game's over, I'm going to bed. So I don't know how, I don't know anything about post-games things, but something tells me his wife was not asked to speak at the end of the game. Nobody was like, hey, Tom, how you feel? Great, Tom? Boom, boom, boom. And then pull his wife up and, hey, 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 how do you feel? Did you like watching your man do his thing? It, it wasn't, but it didn't happen. But it's going to happen this Sunday. That's where the problem lies. That's why I'm like, oh, man, I hate this chick. And I like, I like two songs. I, lo- I love one song. I like another song. I love one song. It's the song from The Hunger Games. And I didn't know it was her. And it was like just some strings and and, and, and the harmony. And I was just like, yo. I used to hear it all the time. Like, yo, well, who is this? What is this? Finally found out it was Taylor Swift. And I was mad. I was mad. I was like, Ugh. And then that made me actually listen to her music. Because I was like, this is dope. Maybe her rest of her joints is dope too. And that's when I was like, like mm, some joints is I, Some joints not. I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. I'm a fan of that song, though, that I just told y'all about. I don't even know the name of it. I can't think of the name of it right now. But that's my point. CBS, this is her year. The Grammys just played along into the same thing. Jay-Z was saying what he had to say. And the thing is, it's always been like that. You should not judge one's work off of whether or not they got Grammys. Again, Nas is one of the greatest artists in hip-hop. I don't I don't know, has he gotten a Grammy yet? I don't think Dr. Dre has won Producer of the Year. Definitely no DJ Premier has never, I don't even think they've nominated DJ Premier for a thing like that. There's not one hip-hop, real hip-hop head that's going to tell you DJ Premier ain't one of them dudes. Dr. Dre ain't one of them dudes. DJ Quick, Pete Rock, Alchemist, Ninth Wonder. Ninth Wonder might have one. Ninth Wonder, I don't know. But you know what I'm saying? Nobody's going to. Tribe Called Quest has never gotten a Grammy. Tribe Called Quest is one of the greatest hip hop groups of all time. Of all times. I don't know if Wu Tang's got one. Wu Tang. No NWA has never gotten one. Public Enemy has never gotten one. Bone Thugs might have. Tupac, never. Are we really about to say Tupac? Eh. That's what I'm saying. We can't let this be the determining factor on how your greatness should be perceived it's the grammys we never cared about the grammys rock artists never cared about the 
rock art if rock artists had gotten too many Grammys, they were out here fighting for credibility. Somebody like, man, we ain't sell out. Hip hop was that was always the cool thing. Like I would I, I used to love listening to dudes talk about rock artists selling out. And I'd be like, what? And I would be fascinated. I thought that was just a hip hop thing. I thought that was just the R&B thing. I didn't know rock. I didn't know white artists had that in had that that thing where it was like, yeah, you crossed over. And I'm in my mind, I'm like, you're white. How did you cross over when you was already there? But then you realize that good music is always going to be a subgenre. Good music is always going to be the considered underground thing. So when all of a sudden you turn pop or pop culture goes, ooh, we love that. Let's rock with it. And then your label, who was always cool with you being creative the way you're being creative, now comes to you and go, hey, um, could you make a couple more songs like that hit? And you're like, we didn't even like that joint. That was just an album, something for the, y'all thought that would be cool. Made us shoot a video for it. It blew up. That's an anomaly on the album. Nah, we ain't making no more records like that. What is wrong with you? Get out of here. And, but every album has that. Every album had that. Everybody who bought Crazy Sexy Cool will tell you when they first heard it, Waterfalls was not that joint. Waterfalls was skippable. That video made Waterfalls a hit. Waterfalls, Waterfalls is TLC's biggest hit. Weren't one of their worst songs. That's how that goes. De La Soul didn't like me, myself, and I. I was so happy about that. One of their biggest hits. Also, for me, one of their worst songs. DMX didn't like Rough Rider Anthem. He didn't like the other joint. What was the other joint? Y'all gonna make me lose my mind. He said he he was he was mad about that joint. Word is he was he really ain't wanna record to that joint. He ain't wanna, and that's where that came from. I'm like, good, because I hate both of those songs. But those are the songs that are hits. That's my point. Your body of work should never ever be judged by the award statures or the or the hits. The body of work. Thriller. Thriller is the wackest song on Thriller album. I said it. You can skip Thriller and be fine. And I heard people go, nobody knows any songs from Thriller except for the Thriller album except for Thriller and, and Billie Jean. And you gotta realize these are people who are lying. These are people who probably don't know. Most of the songs on that album are classics. Wanna be starting something is a classic. Human Nature is a classic. You know what I'm saying? What are we talking about right here? Billie Jean, yeah, Billie Jean is a classic. Beat It is a classic. The joint with Paul McCartney, maybe not so much, but the other joint. That joint. I don't know, I can't think of the name. PYT, classic. The slow joints, classics. Those are people who don't know Michael. That's that's the wild part. When you play a Michael, when people play Michael Jackson music and they do a Michael Jackson tribute, Thriller is not in that mix somewhere. Like Thriller might come at the end. Thriller comes in at this weird like, mm, man, I guess I gotta play Thriller. But Thriller is not needed. You can take almost every song off of that album and leave Thriller to the side. That's the problem. We need to stop trying to place our iconic stature on a Grammy. I heard, I mean, because people are like, oh man, are they saying Taylor Swift's better than Lauryn Hill? No, no, Taylor Swift, there's not a Taylor Swift album that competes with the miseducation of Lauryn Hill. There's not a lot of albums that can compete with that because that was a phenomenon that goes back again to what I said. She was feeling a certain way and she put it through the art. You like, and then when you found out the story behind that, you were like, "Oh my God!" And it made every song even feel better. You know what I'm saying? Like you could hold that better. By the way, technically only one album. Anyway, let's get into what we really need to talk about. Because I'm out, I'm out here tripping on y'all, man. Y'all, this Grammy thing got me tripping. Fritz Pollard, Pollard, Pollard. I don't know. My man was born in 1894 he died in 1986 not only did he not like look here's the thing the year before he became a head coach 
Word has it that him and Bobby Marshall were the first two black players in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? In 1920. That's how that goes down. As a as a coach, he coached for the NFL. And it was like, yo, he was a player who, co- who, from what I understand, was talking a lot of trash. And it was like, yo, my man ain't that dope. And it was like, yo, well, what you gonna do? Why don't you do it then? When he was in school, he was known as Lane Tech. Because my man played football, baseball, he ran track. Went to Brown University, majoring in chemistry. While at Brown University, he took his team to the Rose Bowl that year. This is what I'm. This is what I mean. Like, yo, you're talking about a guy who was out here doing his thing. In 1918, he actually coached football for the Lincoln University. He was that guy. It's not a game over here. But he actually played for the Akron Pros. It was an APFA football league at some point he even started tried to start his own team he started his own team the brown bombers that only lasted for a while because then when the um recession hit by the 1930s he had to get that up but he became a consultant in movies and stuff like that he was also advising people on taxes he was grinding the door was always open for him he even did some stuff for non-NFL teams. So, yeah, he was out here doing this thing. I was telling somebody about, like, yo, this is the guy I'm going to talk about when, when the show come on. And the white guy heard me. And the white guy said, um, see, can't say there's racism. If he did all that, I didn't even know that. And it's like, yeah. But the other side about that is, and I, that's what I explained. I'm like, he also had the resume to do that. He was given an opportunity to show what he could do and then show that he could do far more. And they gave him those opportunities. Everybody didn't get that opportunity. Bill Russell winning all those championships before he became a coach slash player and won. His resume was already stacked. So it was like, okay, boom. Man, let's give you a chance. Plus he had Red on his team, on the team coaching, who who was like, yo, I'm going to let you do what you do. Let's get it in. When you have, when you, when your resume's good, the opportunities are there. That's what, that's the thing, and that's what I was trying to tell, tell dude. I'm like, I see what you're saying. Everybody doesn't get those opportunities. Everybody doesn't even get an opportunity to pad their resume like that. Like my man was doing so much was so good at so much that yeah he was going to find himself doing something anyway everybody doesn't get that it doesn't happen that way for everyone sometimes it's like it's not always racism it's more of lack of opportunity now we make it about racism because it's people of color but a lot of times it's not about that it's just Lack of opportunity. Now, the racism part comes in play where you're like, the broader picture doesn't allow it to be that because of your race. The accolades and all that and the opportunities are cool, but then, again, when it's the broader picture and the people who don't know just who you are and how great you are are just seeing you for who you are, they're going to treat you that way. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure... That man, I'm pretty sure Fritz Pollard went through a lot of joints. And the opportunities, as much as he had them, weren't just rolled out to him. And there was some definitely crazy backlash. Plus, we're also talking about what people don't understand is America's racism, unless you were, especially if you were, like, not in the South, South, it was pocketed. There was just pockets of it. Even during the slavery times, there were pockets. It was... You know what I'm saying? Everybody wasn't slaves. Duh. We know this. But we also know there were pockets. You know what I'm saying? You had these moments. So that's what makes it crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the part that makes it, as much as we go, racism exists. We also know it didn't exist everywhere. And Fritz probably was one of those people 
Frederick Douglass Pollard is probably one of those people who didn't get to experience it like that. So he got to navigate and create lanes for himself and opportunities for himself that otherwise couldn't be given to somebody else. Mainly, and, and it goes what I call the Obama effect. People rocked with Obama when he was running because he didn't have that same chip on the shoulder that Al Sharpton had, that Jesse Jackson had. And that was this civil rights thing and all this. this. He was like from a place that was a little different. So he vibed a little different. So he was more inviting to everyone. And that's what that was. Pollard may not have had those those restrictions and those 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 um skepticisms thrown at him. It might not have been a lot of racist talk around him. Or at least and, and not around him, but in his face. He may not have had to face that ad, had that be an adversity, a roadblock for him, an obstacle for him. It might have been something that they said in the cut, like, yo, mm, and then, and then there's somebody saying to him, and then there's somebody saying, yo, but he's dope. He's good at what he do. Give him a chance. How's that going to look? How is it going to look? Because he's getting the chances here and here and here. You're going to make it look racist. Uh, uh, uh. You're right. I'm going to give him a chance. And then he does his thing. And it's like, yo, my man's good. He's good. I was about to say your boy's good, but that's, that would just make it extra racist. Your man's good. But, yo. Anyway, thank y'all for listening. East Coast, West Coast, Worldwide, Lost Boys. And since there is nothing to go to, I guess I got to do it this way, right? They say you only live once. That's a lie. You only die once. So anytime that your God allows you to get out here and continue your journey, please show the world the best version of you. Y'all be safe. Peace. This is a soul of art presentation. Tasha, Tasha.